Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truths and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning into the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now, let us begin. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining me this week. I appreciate your time. Right now, I'd like to do a quick recap of last week. Last week, we talked about needing a change of heart. And we have a sickness of the heart, and that's called sin. And ultimately, that will lead us to eternal damnation. You heard me say this a lot. The wages of sin is death. Another way I like to think about that is that's the payment you get as a result of your slavery to sin. So as a result, we need a change of heart. And remember, a true heart change cannot occur outside of God. Only he can give us a heart of flesh and make us a new creation, having a new nature. Super awesome, exciting stuff. So that's the quick recap. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I'd like just to challenge you or encourage you to go ahead and listen to that from last week. Moving on. This week's episode is called Light Up the Darkness. Now, I have heard this phrase repeated by many people, whether it be family, friends, or even people I don't know personally. This is what they said. We are living in some very dark times. Now, I would just like to say that I wholeheartedly agree with that assessment. We have injustices happening in multiple scenarios in our country. We have people that either destroyed or desecrated historic monuments. We have people calling for the death of others, people displaying hatred for one another by means of violence that could either be physically or verbally, people that are under the illusion that God isn't real and saying horrible things about him and his son. The list goes on and on. Now, in the Bible, specifically in our main passages today, we're going to be looking at 1 John. We'll be in the book of John, and we'll also be just a little bit in Matthew. So in our main passages of Scripture today, specifically in 1 John chapters 1 and 2, there is a clear-cut distinction between light and darkness. You are either the light or you're of the darkness. Your father is either God or it is the devil. It's one or the other. Now, many people like to pretend that this doesn't apply to them or they don't even know about God at all. And this is why I am doing this right now. Remember, we talked about this a few episodes ago about kind of what our main vision is. Remember, we're here for the people that don't know who Christ is. We're also here for the for the young Christians, the new, the new Christians, to give you biblical truth to strengthen your faith and your walk with God. And we're also here for the veteran Christians who need that encouragement, enlightenment. I'm telling you right now, guys, uh, I've been in the Word a lot more lately, which I'm very grateful for. I'm kind of shunning other things in my life and getting rid of those things that are distracting to me and spending more time in God's word. And I'm telling you, I'm. It, it makes such a huge difference in your life. I cannot even begin to tell you. So I would encourage you before we really get going today, 
take some time, spend time with God, get some alone time, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, whatever works best for you, get in God's word and be sure to have a friend, family member, whoever that is kind of on call so they can answer your questions. I would also encourage you to write in the show. I'd be more than happy to answer your questions as well. So moving on, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. We're going to read those first, and we're going to be also in the second chapter of 1 John, and we are going to go from verses 1, and I would say we're going to stop at verse 8. So 1 John 1, 5 through 10. And then chapter 2, 1 through 8. So if you have your Bibles handy, go ahead and turn there now. And yes, I'm already there, so I win. Now, I'm going to read this. I want you to follow along with me. This is what God says. Now, the subtitle here, before we begin, is God is light. Okay, here we go. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Chapter 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says that he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Well, there's a lot to unpack here, so let's go ahead and get started. The first thing I want you to think of is in these passages of Scripture in 1 John, light and darkness, one or the other. Now, I want you to think about, about the word light. When you see the word light and you read it, it can be thought of in two, a couple different ways. It can be thought of as biblical truth, if it's talking about it intellectually, or it could be talking about holiness or moral excellence when it's talking about it morally. 
And in the same breath, darkness, if it's talking about intellectually, is talking about error or falsehood. That's what that represents there. If it's talking about darkness morally, it's sin and wrongdoing. Okay? So though I want you to keep those in mind. Now, I want you to take a look at verse 5. When it says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Think about what we just talked about. That right there is an absolute statement about God. He is pure, he is holy, and he is absolutely perfect. You have to believe that. It takes faith. Now, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Many take the label of Christianity. Many people wear the cross necklaces. Many people even go to church. Many people even read their Bible. I'm not really so sure about that part. But people take the label of Christianity and they don't do it the right way. Now, in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Now, a true believer delights in divine truth and makes it their life to devote themselves to Jesus Christ. A true believer should resonate truth and holiness. They no longer walk in darkness or in sin. Now, I want to say something here. In verses 8 and 9, sin to us needs to be absolutely disgusting. I know it's going to be weird right now, but I want you to think about the most disgusting thing you can think of right now. I'm not going to say anything that's on my mind right now, but I want you just to, just to think about it. Maybe if you're listening with somebody else, pause it and talk with them about it real quick. Whatever that is you came up with, that's how you need to view sin. I, I would even say even worse than that. Sin has to be more disgusting than anything on this planet, because it is. It has to be disgusting to a true believer, but in, more importantly, Christians, true Christians, need to be sober-minded about their own sin. So we need, to, we need to continually ask God for forgiveness because we are going to sin. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to sin. When you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you get baptized, that doesn't make everything go away. You don't become a perfect holy person that never sins and you're, you're levitating across the earth. That's not how it works. But a lot of times when people become Christians, they are not sober-minded. And sometimes they use that grace that we're given to sin, and that should not be. I want you to real quick look at verses 8 and 10, because I believe that they're connected. Verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Jump down to verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, talking about God, 
and his word is not in us. Some of us walk around acting like their life choices, the sins they're involved in, are of no consequence. Because, you know, they're just having fun. They're not really hurting anybody. Sure, I might try I might try a drug. I heard it was fun. It's not really that big of a deal. Or alcohol. I like to get drunk with some buddies or go out with the girls, whichever one you are. It's it's not really that big a deal. But God will forgive me. Now, verse 10, where it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. What does Romans 3.23 say? It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if we act like our sins don't really matter, and that kind of gives us like a self-righteous kind of perception, we're saying that a holy God who created the universe who is all things perfect and pure, just what we talked about earlier in verse 5. And we're saying we're without sin, but he's saying that we're all sinners. We're calling him a liar. That's blasphemy, my friends. Sin cannot be taken lightly. And it does say that when we do sin, we need to confess our sins. And that needs to be habitual. That needs to be continual. Okay? But when we do confess. We have to do it with godly sorrow. Sin, what we just talked about a little bit ago, sin needs to be ugly to us. It needs to be disgusting. And when I sin, and I've sinned today, I'll tell you right now, they are on the forefront of my mind. And I have asked God to forgive and he says they're separated as far as east from west. What an amazing God we serve. But when we sin, we need to confess. Now, here's the thing. If you look at chapter 2, verse 1, it says that we have an advocate. That's Jesus Christ. And an advocate can be thought of as, as a defense attorney. He comes to our defense. Father, I know Nate sinned. But you know what? I died for him. He loves me. He asked for forgiveness. He is mine. That's love, people. Now, this word that I've been practicing to say, because it you don't hear it too often, in verse 2, it talks about Jesus being the propitiation of our sins. So what does that mean? Propitiation means to appease or satisfy. So through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, God's demand for holiness and perfection was satisfied. Because of the wages of sin is what? Death. We cannot live a perfect life on our own. So Jesus came in and lived that perfect life for us and took that punishment of sin that was upon us. And by his wounds, we are healed. Now, I'd like to take this time to go down to verse 6 in chapter 2. This is what it says. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So this is what this means. If any one of us says that we are in God, we ought to walk in the same way Jesus did. Jesus is 
the example, the perfect, the holy, the righteous example of how to live a Christian life. Man, he loved people. He was obedient to God's will. I mean, we could go on and on about how amazing Jesus is. I can talk to you all day about him. For the sake of time, we have to move on. But we need to walk like he did. That that is a believer's goal, is to live like Jesus did. Are we ever going to get there? No, we... Jesus set the bar as high as it could, could ever possibly go. And we'll never reach that point. And that's what's the beautiful thing about grace is grace gets you up to that bar. And man, we just we just don't deserve it. That's how much he loves us. Okay. I want us now to jump down a couple of verses to verse 8. It says, On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Okay? This is the cool part. Darkness is fading away. If you live in darkness, if you walk in darkness, it is fading away, it's disintegrating, and according to this verse here, it is passing away. Although it does appear at times that it is thriving and shining and, and it's it's appealing and it generates interest. But in reality, it's the exact opposite. It's wretched, it's pitiful, it's ugly, and it's disintegrating right before your eyes. You just can't see it. Now, I want to read a few more verses here, then we're going to jump over to the book of John. So I'm going to read verses 9 through 11. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. And he does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. People, I'm going to say this loud and clear. If you are in Christ, you cannot hate. You cannot. The only thing you can, the only thing you can hate is sin. But it's, it's talking about fellow brothers and sisters, not just in Christ, but other people made in the image of God, everybody else in the entire world. You cannot hate anybody. You can't. What's going on in the world is, is maddening and sad. And Satan is back there laughing it up because he has us right where he wants him. You cannot hate people because guess what it says in 1 John 4? I would also encourage you to read that as well. I'm not going to read all of it, but it mostly focuses on God is love. And if we are in him, we are supposed to be loving people. We're supposed to be love. When we show love, we are demonstrating a heavenly quality because God is love. His nature, his, his nature, his whole being, he is the essence of love. And all that he does is love. Now, 
This is what's spooky. In verse 11, it says the darkness has blinded his eyes. Darkness blinds you. Sin blinds you. Wrongdoing blinds you. It blinds your eyes to other things. So it kind of it kind of is a gateway to other kinds of evil that you could get into. Now, I got to tell you right now, people, my eyes are seeing perfect 2020 vision right now. I see exactly what the devil is doing to our country. I see exactly what we need in this country. Not that I have all the answers. God does. But we don't want to turn to him because we are in constant rebellion. Now, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12. Go and get there now. As you're getting there, I'd like to take this opportunity to say, if you have some alone time you spend with God, you're reading his word, I would encourage you to read John chapter 8. There's so much truth in there that will bless your soul and, and help you grow as a believer. So I'd encourage you to do that. Okay, so we're going to do something a little bit different here. So we're going to start in the 12th verse of chapter 8. And then as soon as we're done with the 12th verse, we're going to go from 21 to 24. And then we're going to end with 31 to 32. Okay, so bear with me. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now let's go over to the 21st verse through 24. Then he again said to them, I go away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, we're going to jump to verse 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Or some translations say, the truth will set you free. Okay, we're going to just unpack this a little bit, break it down, and then we're going to do a couple more verses, and we'll be done. And I appreciate hanging with me here. Now let's go ahead and look at verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus said, I am right here. What that means is that he is saying that he is God. And he is also the light of the world. And I want you to focus on this next piece here where it says, he who follows me. What you focus on follows me. What that means is that it is someone who gives themselves fully or completely to the person they are following. No half-heartedness. Now, why don't you jump over to verse 24. It says, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. When it says I am he right there, that is an absolute statement 
That means that he is God. He's proclaiming to be God right there. And he is. So if you read it in that context, unless you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is God, you will die in your sins. You have to believe. That is so critical. For a true Christian, that is critical. Now, I want you to jump down now to verse 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. True believers in Jesus Christ, true Christians, true disciples, hunger and thirst after God's word for divine truth and to find out what his commands are and we obey them. We need to be obedient. You don't hear that too much anymore. We need to be obedient to God, his will, his commands. Verse 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Or in some translations, it says, will set you free. Set you free from what? Well, if we are not of God, look down at verse 34. I know we said we're going to stop at 32, but look at verse 34. This is what it says. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. There it is. So, set you free of what? Set you free of sin, of darkness. Because without God, you are spiritually bankrupt. You are spiritually dead to him. But we are made alive through Jesus Christ. That's such a wonderful promise. Now, we're going to go ahead and finish off here. The world is full of darkness. It's full of sin. And most people are unaware that Satan is in control of it. Satan is the father of this world. He's a father of lies. And he has surely deceived a lot of people in this country and in this world. We as believers, we as true Christians, we are called to walk in the light. And now I'm going to have us look at two final pieces of scripture. You don't have to go there. You, just, you can just listen. Both found in Matthew. And both of these, I would consider having them be word of encouragement for the day. Matthew 4, 16 through 17. This is what it says. The people who are sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what we need to be doing. We have a broken, dying world. What do we talk about walking in darkness and living in darkness? It's disintegrating. It's dying. It's passing away. That's why it's so important for us to go out and preach this good news because God is light. He is love. And he can make you new. And he offers you eternal life. 
It says, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is at hand. I can tell you that. Last piece of scripture for the night. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. This is what it says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. A true believer, everything that they do is of one purpose, and that's to glorify the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are not called to just be to sit here and and just hope everything's going to be okay. We are called to be a light of the world, a city on the hill. And that light that we have doesn't come from our own. That light comes with from within. And that light is from God. It says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's what we're supposed to be. In this dark world right now, we need to be a beacon of light, God's light. It says, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And if it gives light to all those in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen. We as Christians, people that call themselves Christians, this is what we need to do right now. There is a, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. This world right now is, is corrupted. It's polluted. It's poison. It's being lied to by Satan. And again, he is the puppet master right now. All those who walk in darkness are disintegrating. You are spiritually dead. And you need to come to Jesus Christ to give you a new heart, a new mind, and put his spirit within you so that you can produce the fruits of the spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what the world needs. And we can't sit here and just and just pray alone. We have to be going out there. We have to be we have to be winning souls. We have to be preaching the gospel. We need to preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus came down to this earth. That he lived a perfect life. That he died on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. What was he earlier? What we say? The propitiation of our sins. He satisfied the wrath of God. He appeased him for our sake. And he was buried and he rose again. So that if we believe in him, we are a new creation. And that we will have eternal life with him one day. Hallelujah. I want to say one final thing before we conclude the show today. We as believers are called to worship God. We're called to obey his commands. 
We're called to follow him all the days of our lives. But in this episode, we're talking about being the light. I myself have personally have chosen to be in the light. Am I always the best example of that? Absolutely not. But I am saved by grace through faith. And it's not by the good works that I do that means that I am saved. We've talked about this before. And it's so critical because a lot of people think it's their own merit. It's their own good deeds. The good deeds outweigh the bad that gets them into heaven. And the sad reality is that if we don't have people being the city on the hill, shining that light of good works, then people are going to be lost. So it is up to us. And if you're listening to this right now and you have not made a decision for Jesus Christ, I would highly encourage you to do that now. I have been with Jesus since I was 13 years old. He has not left me. He has not let me down. He's made my life better. And he's made my family better. He's made everything about my life better. I don't have to get drunk to have a good time. I don't have to get drunk to feel accepted. I don't have to do drugs to make pain go away. Jesus takes that away for us. So in Christ, there are so many wonderful things that you're going to miss out if you don't choose him. And it's the absolute best thing that I have. And that's what I'm offering to you. That's why I continue to do the podcast. We're seven episodes in. And I just want to say thank you for for joining us today. I pray that you do make a decision for Jesus Christ. And if you're a person, maybe that's on the fence, maybe you've been to church for a while and just maybe you just don't know him that well. Maybe you haven't fully given yourself to Jesus Christ. Now's the time. So with that, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.